Ameren Corporation. A buy? A sell? A hold? This is industry focus. Hi fools, healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here with you today. And I am on the phone with uh, one of our best contributors, Todd Campbell uh, from New Hampshire. Todd, how are things going this week? Everything's going really well. Uh, appreciate your asking, Michael. How are you? <laughs> oh, pretty good. You know, uh, there's always something new and interesting going on. It's one of the things I always love about biotech. Um, and actually, today we got a um, a question from a listener. So, folks, be sure to send us an email, industryfocus at fool.com. Uh, if you ever have anything on your mind, uh, you know, I don't dispense relationship advice. Uh, but uh, aside from that, you know, we're always having to talk about about stocks and. Um, one of uh, one of our, our our listeners, Jim, writes. Uh, I wonder what you guys think about Ameren. My biggest loss to date, and I would like to get your thoughts. Uh, you know, I just want to understand the huge loss and the volatility in the last weeks, and any info would be greatly appreciated. So, so Jim, thank you for your question. We'll go ahead and kind of try and try and untangle the company a little bit. Um, now, before anything else, you know, I want to I want to emphasize a couple things. First off, you know, we don't give individual investment advice, right? Um, you know, I think we can we're we're always as foolish investors interested in talking about the company and about uh, a company's opportunities and its its uh, competitors and its threats. Um, but you know, whether and of course we have our own personal opinions about whether a company is uh, is a is a great investment or is not a great investment. But you know. We can't tell you <laughs> what you should do, um, and, and the other piece that I that I that I want to highlight is um, that you know folks on this program uh, and the Motley Fool may have positions in companies that we're talking about. Um, you know, they may be recommendations in the Fool newsletters. Uh, Todd and I may own them. Neither of us owns Ameren, um, but that you should never make an investment decision based just on what you hear. Always do your own due diligence. I think that's a really critical part of investing foolishly, and I think investing intelligently for the long term. So, with those caveats out of the way, Todd, let's talk about Ameren Corporation. Ameren is is a great example of a stock that had so much promise. It was so enticing to investors uh, a decade ago that it just it, it it soared. It was just it had the whole world out in front of it, mm-hmm. and it's the poster child of a high risk, high reward stock that went on the high risk side, and as a result, you know the shares went from thirty dollars about you know nine or ten years ago to a low of about a dollar. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel, you know, the pain here. I mean, I think that anyone who's invested in biotech stocks, emerging clinical stage biotech stocks, has had one of these uh, in their portfolio. Yeah. A company that has a lot of promise, but when push comes to shove, despite overcoming all of the hurdles in front of it, getting an FDA approval, getting the, their, uh, their fish oil drug, the SEPA, to market, uh, this has not been a winning stock. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but it, it, it's a great reminder of the risks that are inherent in this space uh, that face investors. Yeah. So so let's talk about uh, Vicepa. And, and, and I, I think I've put out this caveat before, but to everybody listening, uh, 
pronouncing things in, in, in biotech is difficult. Um, you know, if, is it Vesepa? Is it Vesquipa? Is it Vescepa? Not sure. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and run with Vesepa just for just for ease. Um, so the this is a fish oil pill, and it's for. Uh, Hyper uh, severe hypertriglyceridemia. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Exactly. On the name game, we'll, you know, it's tomato tomato. Yeah. Um, uh, y- y- yes. This is basically what we're talking about here. Is a, is a drug that was designed to help reduce the risk of heart disease. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thinking here was that if we can reduce triglycerides, maybe we have a better shot of reducing the number of people who end up. Uh, eventually having either a stroke or heart attack or some other cardiovascular event. Now, the thinking here is pretty solid, you know, if you look at the success that statins had. I mean, it's hard to blame investors for getting excited about this stock and wanting to own it 10 years ago when at the time, you know, Lipitor, Pfizer's Lipitor, uh, was raking in, you know, $12 billion a year in sales as a statin that would, that, you know, for lowering cholesterol levels. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there was a lot of reasons to have high hopes that, you know, Vesepa would, um, once it got FDA approval, um, roll out and become a, a much more widely used drug than it is today. The pro- a couple problems happened along the way, though. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, the original approval for this drug was, as you said, in very high triglycerides. So you're mm-hmm. talking about, I think it's 500 millig- uh, milligrams a deciliter uh, or up. That's a very small patient population. I, Tiny. You know, uh, yeah. According to the company, there's about 3.5 million people um, that fall into that camp, and about 3.8% of them um, receive medical intervention or treatment. Mm-hmm. So you're only talking about you know a total addressable market of 130,000, 140,000 patients. It's, it's not a big indication. The hope was that when approval in this and then continue some studies and then go and try and get a label expansion that would broaden this drug uh, to a much wider audience. Right. And unfortunately, you know, the game plan went as it should, if you will, until late 2013 when they... Uh, advisory committee for the FDA was evaluating expanding the label to this larger population and voted nine to two against doing it until it had, um, we'll call it unequivocal efficacy data uh, from that trial. So basically, you know, Amarin was hoping that they could get the FDA to approve it um, on a first look of the data. Uh, Instead, the FDA said, no, we want to see the full data set. And that's not going to happen until 2018. So you went from, you know, a potential to expand your patient population by 10 times. It would have been about 1.4 million people that, that this drug could have reached um, to now saying, okay, we don't even know if we can get it approved, and it's going to be at least five years before we can even find out. Right. Um, you know, obviously that, that's, that's frustrating to investors. Um, it means tremendous amount of operating expenses have to get spent on these uh, trials without having any, you know, corresponding income coming in. Um, you know, Vicep is not a bad selling drug. I mean, it's growing. It did $16.5 million in sales last quarter. That's a, you know, 70, uh, 70 million run rate, roughly, you know, and, 
you know, analysts think that this drug could do 90 million in 2015. It could do, you know, 190 million by the end of 16, um, maybe even more. So, you know, you've got a, a drug that is going to uh, bring in revenue for the company, but the expenses for these trials are just so high that there's no sign of profitability ahead. Right. Well, and when you look at when you look at cash burn, right? Um, if I'm uh, oh, looking at their balance sheet correctly, uh, you know, cash uh, they burned what 72 million in cash from operations. Um, you know, in the 12 months leading up to December 31st, 2014, um, and they ended 2014 with you know 120 million, I think, in cash and short-term investments. So you do the math there, and it's like, well. Uh, that runway seems to indicate that they might have to—I mean, they might have to do a capital raise or something like that moving forward, which usually means dilution for shareholders. Um, not exactly a great position to be in when you're a company without any real um, positive catalysts incoming. Right. We, you know, we've seen this before. I mean, with Dendrian's Provenge kind of jumps to mind. You've got a commercial product reach the market doesn't quite deliver on the lofty expectations. The company's saddled with a lot of debt. You know, eventually it becomes hard to, to keep going in its current form. Um, not saying that that's going to happen here with Ameren. They have money in the ba- they have money in the bank. Um, yeah, they have a lot of debt. Um, you know, if you look at like cash, as you said, uh, is about 120 million. The debt's about 227. But you know, they can handle that debt for now. Um, and the revenue's increasing. But you know, there's just a tremendous amount of risk in this stock. And, you know, it's become incredibly volatile over the course of the last few months as people start saying, yeah, but what's the real value? And, you know, shouldn't it trade up ahead of the potential data release? And what if it can get that expanded label in 2018? You know, this is a very, I'll call it a gamey stock. Yeah. And, you know, investors, for the most part, should avoid those kind of names because they could just as easily one day walk in and have it up 50% as walk in the next day and have it down 50%. Right. And as as you mentioned with the past, you know, Ameren's, uh, Ameren's been trending on, on the downside. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is, this is the kind of stock that I um, would personally only be confident investing in if I knew and trusted the science. And if I was very sure that it would outdo competitors, if they're you know, in the case of competitors, you know, preferably you'd have even you know a drug that has none and has none on the horizon, and that's really not so much the case um, with Amarin and with Viscepa. So I mean, for me, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely the sort of stock that doesn't fit in my brand of investing. Yeah, I mean, we get 147 million. Just to correct myself earlier, in analysts for for sales uh, looking ahead for 2016. That's you know, that's not horrible, uh, but it's far cry from, from the blockbuster numbers that people were hoping for back when the stock was you know, trading in the 20s and 30s. You know, I, I think that it's a great uh, opportunity for us to, to just remind everyone, and, and we've all been there and we've all done that. I mean, you have opportunity cost. You get into a trade, it doesn't work out, stock falls, you've lost money, you don't want to admit that you, you don't want to admit the mistake. But, you know, you have to realize, too, that there are a lot of opportunities out there from here. And you have to say, okay, from today, is this the place that gives me the best opportunity for the future? So, you know, you kind of have to look at that saying, you know what, that's a sunk cost for me. 
and maybe now I need to look at it and say, you know, what can I do going forward instead of where have I been? Sure. Uh, I think, Todd, sometime you and I are just going to have to probably sit down here and, and chat about some of our failed past investments. <laughs> it would probably, uh, probably be useful for folks to hear about them. Um, cool. Well, uh, Todd, I, that's all the time we've got for today, but thanks for, thanks for your thoughts. You know, I think that um, I think this is definitely a stock that we would both kind of tend to stay away from, and, and it doesn't really fit in with our general, uh, general framework, particularly for new biotech investors. Uh, folks, as always, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com if you have any, uh, any questions or any, or any thoughts or just want to give us uh, some feedback on the show. Uh, we're always glad to hear that. Stay tuned for Industry Focus tomorrow, and full on. <laughs>